The Triathlon Hour is brought to you by Pillar Performance. Pillar Performance's Black Friday sale has officially begun everywhere around the world right now. It's on Pillar Performance's website everywhere except for the USA where you can find it on thefeed.com. The deal's an awesome one. It's buy two micronutrients and get a third for free. I said it last week, but I think it's a great chance to try some ultra-immune C, which will just help keep you healthy and cold-free, especially if you're heading into winter where you live right now, as well as Jan Fredino's favorite pillar product that he takes every morning with his breakfast and coffee called Ultra B Active. Then I think add a triple magnesium powder on top of that for free. Or you could, if you're someone like me who swears by triple magnesium, just buy three of them so that you get to stock up plus get the third one for free. So head to Pillar's website or thefeed.com, buy two micros, get the third for free. Welcome everyone to something a little bit new we're going to be doing here on the podcast from time to time and that's answering your questions about things that are going on in the triathlon world. Earlier in the week I put it out there on the triathlon our Instagram account asking what questions you wanted answered and there was a seriously overwhelming amount setting. So we've uh, got together and we picked some of the best ones and we'll just try and work our way through them the best we can. Our goal for this is to try and give real honest answers. We don't want to give soft, fence-sitting answers that you could hear anywhere. And when I say we, I mean myself and Fred Funk, who I'm joined by for this. Fred, I know it's 10 a.m. over there, so we've woken you up a few hours before you'd usually get up. How are you feeling? It's 9 a.m. even, Jack. Oh, wow. <laughs> Three hours before you yeah, usually thanks, get up. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me again after a long time, I think. Um, but but yeah, I'm good. I'm enjoying my last few days of... Uh, off season or training without a training plan and uh so yeah that's why i'm like the last weeks uh sleeping quite long and recording a podcast at 9 9 a.m is a big task for me <laughs> i was gonna say um i've I, we've me and you we still obviously talk most days really off uh, off record and something me and you have talked about how is every time you come on the podcast it's it's just pretty much 99 percent positive feedback but there's this one person who every time you come on, <laughs> they send in messages or reply to stories or whatever it is, and they just give it to you every single time. And there's just a string of messages. And I was telling you about it in America um, when we were hanging out at the US Open, but I couldn't find the messages. So I said, next time we do a pod together, I'll let you know because they'll 100% message in. And then when we put the questions out, sure enough, they sent in a question, Fred. Um and they just wanted to know, like, uh, they wanted to know why you always sound so unhappy when you talk, why you always sound like you're talking down <laughs> to people. They wrote heaps of stuff. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just always tired, Jack. But yeah, gr- greets to that guy. Um, like, these are the people I do the, these podcasts for. But I, <laughs> apparently, apparently he's still uh, listening to it. So can't, can't be that bad. <laughs> he he would just be like everyone else, secret crush on Fred Funk. Like we hate to admit it, but we've all got it. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's. Uh, that's a funny little side note. Let's jump into the questions, Fred. All right, let's go. Now, our first question: JJ Johnson fifty five asks, 
Do you have any insights on why the PTO is taking so long to announce their race schedule and which athletes will be getting contracts? So uh, if I would have any insights, and I would tell them right here, I probably wouldn't get a contract. <laughs> so um, no, but actually, I, I don't have any more insights. Like the races which are announced uh, are also the only races uh, the professionals know about, which is Singapore in April and Ibiza uh, end of September. Um, and yeah, I would also love to know uh, my whole race schedule for next season because the PTO is definitely going to be my focus. Um, I'll probably finish the, uh, this year ranked 14th. Um, so I guess I'm going to get a contract. Um, I mean, I think like the top 16 is getting getting a contract as they want 16 athletes for, for the whole season. Um, but I'm also not sure about that. I also don't have any more insights about about that, or actually about that, I have more insights, but uh, I don't know if if I can tell that. Um, but yeah, I think I will get a contract, and then I will definitely race it. Um, so yeah, but I'm honestly um, excited, or not excited, like I'm interested, like how f far the roll down will get, like uh, how many of the guys in the top sixteen will actually. Um, sign the contract and race PTO next season now with um, the Ironman series as well and also I think if you want to really focus on Kona I don't know if it's a good idea to race like six uh, PTO races um, so yeah it's definitely going to be interesting but yeah sadly I, I don't have any more insights than that which uh, which are public uh, what's what's your opinion Jack? Um yeah, so I, I guess like we started by being told by the PTO that the race schedule would be out by the end of November, uh, the end of October, which didn't happen given that it's it's now midway through November. The latest updates that I've got is that the latest it will be announced is is sometime in January. They were aiming for December still, but I think it's it's uh, more likely that the the race schedule, the full race schedule, will be announced in January. Obviously, we know they've announced Singapore is the first race of the season and uh, Ibiza is the last race of the season. Um, I'm also hearing word that initially we were we were sort of being told six or seven races, but now I'm I'm sort of hearing word that it's more like seven or eight races. They're very, very confident about seven, I'm hearing, and more and more confident about eight. So... I think we're actually going to be getting more races, not less, because when it was taking a while, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's only going to be four or five races, six tops. But um, And initially, like two months ago, I was pretty convinced it would be six or seven races, whereas now I am hearing that it's most likely going to be seven or eight races. Uh, I am hearing word about locations as well, some other, maybe maybe another race in Europe, maybe a couple of races in America, the Middle East. Um, Singapore, Ibiza. So there is, there is. I'm hearing some stuff. Have, have you heard any of that that I've just said, Fred? Well, yeah, I heard of lo a lot of rumors about several locations um, already, already some time ago. Um, but yeah, like I don't think we we can tell tell any of these uh, these rumors. And in the end, it's just rumors. So let's see what's actually happening in the end. Um, but yeah, some of these locations are definitely gonna gonna be pretty epic. You said, Fred, you said you had some, you, you talked about, well, you assume they'll be signing the top 16, but maybe not. And you had some insight on that that you don't know if you can say. Why don't you say it 
and then if we decide that mm, you probably can't say that, we'll edit it out. We'll just see. <laughs> I mean, based so it's it's simple actually. So there was already a cutoff, um, and that cutoff was end of August, and whoever was in the top ten by then um, will get a. I don't know if they've already got a contract, but definitely will get a contract. And then I don't know how it will um, if it if it will roll down from there already. Um, but yeah, then there will be another cutoff, which uh, especially after the last race um, of this season in December. I don't know which what race is exactly the last race. So, and that will be just like the the rest of the contracts uh, give them out. Yeah, so it's it's that simple. But it's definitely going uh, going for the PTO ranking. So as higher your rank, is more. Um, yeah, it's more likely it's the chance that that you get a contract for the PTO series. What about the Ibiza announcement? They announced that Ibiza was going to be the the last race of the year, and it it didn't go unnoticed that a lot of professionals seem to post about that at pretty much the same time. And I think a lot of people have a theory that those professionals uh, are already signed; they've already gotten contracts, and that's the reason that they sign, like Christian and and Max and and Ash and and that kind. What did you think about that? Did you read that the same way as as a lot of people did? Yeah, um, I thought the same thing, and I wrote with Aaron about it as well. Um, but in the end, I was. It also could have been that it was just like the top five or top six from the Ibiza race this year who actually had to post about that. So I'm not sure if it's just like um, because Alistair Brownlee um, is not high enough in the ranking to actually get a contract. I mean, I. I wouldn't be surprised if he still gets a contract because he's Alistair Brownlee. But uh, yeah, he also posted about it. And uh, yeah, I think he was sixth in Ibiza, um, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, where did they write that Ibiza is going to be the last race of the PTO series? Are you sure about that? Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure about that, actually. That's just an assumption. <laughs> because that would that would rule out some of the rumors I heard. <laughs> what? What's the room you heard? Well, then it wouldn't be the last race. Yeah, okay. Which one did you hear might be the last one? Uh, one, I mean, we, are, we want to, like, um, my fiance and I um, are planning a wedding uh, for next year. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed that I don't have the full schedule yet because um, there is a possibility, apparently, that uh, there will still be, be a later race and... Um, it could be like on the same day as our wedding and it would be super annoying. <laughs> so did you hear that there might be one in November? Middle East, America, where did you hear? Possibly, yeah. But um, I know nothing nothing more about that as well. Yeah. All right, could we go to the next question? Sounds good. Fabulous. <laughs> difficult <laughs> name. Us. Will Lionel Sanders ever get back to the top of the sport? It's a great question, isn't it? Because... It's a fascinating question with uh, following the the career of Lionel Sanders. I'm an unashamed Lionel Sanders fan and I watch all of his YouTube videos and I don't consume any other uh, triathlon YouTube channels really apart from Lionel's. And, mate, I love it. <laughs> and I love it because he's, he's just so uniquely Lionel and he seems to get in this pattern of finding the secret, trying the secret, it not being the secret, finding the secret, trying the secret, it not being the secret. Um, and so like the latest thing is um, is like the, the aerodynamic testing and 
Um, Lionel believing he has the power on the bike that is as good as any professional, but he just needs to um, get on top of his position. And I just find it, I find it such an enthralling watch. And and like, if I could, I would love to see Lionel back at the top of the sport. I think it would be such a good story. I think he he seems like such a good guy. Like I find him so likable that if I could see him win a world championship, like win Kona next year. Seriously, there's probably no one in the sport I would rather see win a big race more. But I don't see it happening. I don't think he's at the level you need to be swim, bike and run to compete with guys like Max Newman and Sam Laidlow and Gustav Eden at, at the Ironman World Championships. And I don't think he's quite at the level swim, bike, run you need to be to win a 70.3 World Championships or a PTO race with guys like Christian Blumenfeld, Jason West, yourself, um, even Hayden Wild now, for example. What do you think? So same for me. I'm a really big, uh, big Liner Sanders fan and uh, also watching all his videos. I haven't watched the latest one yet, uh, which, uh, which was about velodrome testing. So I don't know how many watts he shaved off there. Um, but, but yeah, he already shaved so much uh, power uh, off um, when he was testing, testing outside. <laughs> so he will be really fast on the bike, uh, on the bike next year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's, I mean, I think he's on the, on the level he, you need to be for, for the world, uh, for the top of the sport uh, on bike and run for sure, I think. Um, I mean, just imagine what damage he could do if he would come out with the first uh, group out of the water. And then with the same bike and run performance, would just like be there in the mix. And I think he could do a lot of damage there. Um, but yeah, sadly, his swimming is is not where, where it has to be. And I think it's just getting harder year by year. And I think this year we could already see, or especially I could already see how hard it is when you just have a minute or even a bit less than a minute um, to the to the front um of at pto races like you almost can't win the race anymore um so yeah i think um yeah i also can't imagine he he will close that gap uh in the water to actually come out with with the front um i mean he might get closer but yeah sadly that or even that won't be enough anymore in my opinion so um yeah for middle distance or 100k distance it's it's gonna be pretty hard i also think He's definitely got the bike ability. I think he he is one of the best cyclists in the sport or or he's one of the best For sure, yeah. 90 and 180k time trials in the sport. No questions asked. The swim is the big factor. He's so far off the top guys. It's 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 just too far. The gap's too big and you're right, but I even think the running in the sport right now has gone to an insane new level compared to what it was in like 2016, 2017. And like in a hypothetical, if we're at 70.3 world championships next year, and Lionel's off the bike with Hayden Wild and Christian Blumenfeld and Jason West. He he's probably the slowest runner of that group, and that's saying something because Lionel Sanders is a one ten, one eleven off the bike every day of the week guy when he's at his best. And so, like, I see Lionel now as someone who is easily one of the best cyclists in the sport. No questions asked. Is a good runner without being one of the best runners, and his swim is quite a way off. And it's like what you said; it speaks to the level of the sport right now. Because I think even go back six years ago, seven years ago, um, definitely twenty sixteen. I think Lionel was the single best bike runner in in middle distance triathlon. I, I think we don't even know if there was a really close second. Maybe like 
Sebastian Keenley or Jan Frodeno. But I think Lionel would have been dangerous if he was with anyone on the bike or the run. Whereas now I think like I think if you asked Hayden Wild or Christian Blumenfeld or Jason West if they were scared of Lionel off the bike, I think they'd all back themselves to beat him in a, in a running race now as well. So the level's just getting higher and higher. And, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I'd like to see no one win, win races more than Lionel. I still think he can win American races comfortably. Like I think, I think he can compete in the big American races. I think he can compete in some um, 70.3s that aren't world championship um, races. But the big, big races maybe just gone past him a little bit. The fuel you use in training and racing really does matter. One of the big things that's changed in professional triathlon over the past five years is the way the best triathletes fuel. They are all increasing the amount of carbohydrate they use per hour in racing and during hard or long training sessions. I've tried so many different nutrition brands and by far the best I've ever tried is Precision Fuel and Hydration. Their PF90 gel, Flow Gel and Caffeine Gel are seriously amazing. They've never upset my stomach. I've always found the taste and texture really nice and they're way easier and less messy to use than traditional gels when you're out there riding or running. The way they're designed just makes it so easy to start increasing your carbohydrate intake during sessions too. You can take three PF90 gels on a ride, for example, like a three-hour ride, and there's 90 grams per hour. Or you can fill one of your drink bottles with a flow gel, and that's the same thing. All you have to do from there is add like one or two caffeine gels on top of it, or if you're someone who likes a drink mix, maybe add some of their drink mix, and that's all you'd ever need for a whole long ride or, or big hard training session. And the same goes for your race day. It really is such an easy way to start doing what the pros are, which is fueling more during your training and racing. And remember that if you do decide to try it for yourself, which I couldn't recommend highly enough, use the discount code TTH15 for 15% off your first order. Next question. Enriched Nutrition asks, what are your thoughts on the Sam Laidlow, Rudy Von Berg senior situation? Ooh, that's that's a that's a difficult theme, and I obviously don't want want to get myself too too much involved by that. But um, I mean, in the end, like the post um, Sam Laidlow put out was yeah definitely not uh, not the best way to deal with it. I think. Um, I mean, I can completely understand um, that that he's pissed off. Um, but yeah, also um, Rudy Verberg Senior. Um, I mean, I think he was just like talking with athletes about it. And it was all, I mean, you talked with Rudy um, in, a, in, a, in your last podcast about it. Um, I mean, with Rudy from Berg Jr. <laughs> and yeah, it was all like private, private conversations. So no one was like pub, public, publicly um, accusing uh, Sam Laidlo of doping. So, and there will, like, if anyone gets world champion, there will always be people saying, that that you are doping um even if you don't get world champion have like some uh yeah out of nowhere results there will always be people accusing you um but yeah it wasn't wasn't in the public so yeah i think best would have been if um sim later just stayed quiet about it and let the uh yeah let the haters haters talk but um yeah in the end he deleted the post again and uh, i think he realized it wasn't the best but um yeah Let's, of course, everyone, everyone hopes um, that Sam Lalo, Lalo is clean. And um, yeah, I gotta say, um, I definitely have huge respect uh, for for his performance uh, in Nice. It was crazy. Yeah. What do you think, Jack? 
Look, I love Sam Labo as an athlete. That's no secret. I've had Sam Labo on the podcast five or six times at this point, including directly after that that race at Nice. We were the first podcast he, he did. Um, I'm so, you know, I've got to be upfront and honest about the fact that I'm a, I'm a Sam Labo fan. Um, and so I'll, I'll try and stay unbiased. But it, it's a little bit hard when you when you have, you know, when you meet athletes and you like athletes and you enjoy watching them race. It, it's quite hard. And so I've seen this a lot where people who hate Sam Laidlow are convinced he's doping, 100%. And they'll tell you, they'll go, oh, nah, doper. And then people who love him will go, well, fuck, the Von, fuck Rudy Von Berg Sr. Like, you know, who's he to like say that about Sam Laidlow? Like, he's clean, he's awesome. And so I think part of Sam Laidlow being such a, um, you know, he, he's a person that you either love or you hate. I think... I think he is one of those people, maybe sort of like Sam Long as well. And because of that, um, because of the polarising nature of him, yeah, people are, are either convinced he is doping or they're convinced he's clean and that he would never do it. Um, so it's it's been one of those like weird situations like that where because of that there's been a lot of hate towards Rudy Von Berg Sr., a lot of hate towards Sam Laid though. And that's why I think the post was a little bit uh, like – Maybe something Sam shouldn't have done. I think I sit with you on that, that I, I don't know if much good came from it because I think by posting like that, the people who don't like him probably go, well, who might not have even been thinking he was doping, probably go, oh, well, he's definitely doping. And the people who like him go, well, no, he's not, and they get to his defence. But they would have thought that anyway. Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of um, – I don't think much good came out of it. And I think historically – going out on the offensive when people accuse you of doping doesn't necessarily make you look clean. So I, I think it was a bit of a lose-lose situation for Sam where I, I get his frustration and you have to put yourself in the position where if you are a clean athlete and you hear rumours that people are spreading rumours you're doping, you have to put yourself in that position because we have to give Sam the benefit of the doubt that he's innocent of what people are accusing him of, that he's not doping. We can't jump straight to the fact that he is guilty because there is no proof that he's doping. If there was, he he wouldn't be um, racing in the sport as it is. He'd be banned from the sport, like Colin Chartier, for example. So, without proof, I think it's it's best if we like reserve judgment a little bit and give him the benefit of the doubt. I think Sam probably shouldn't have made that post. I don't think it it necessarily makes him look innocent. I don't think it's a, um, a reason to persecute him as guilty either. I just don't think there was any positive outcome to it. It just caused this big drama, this big shitstorm. There's also the factor that 95% of people aren't going around day-to-day thinking about who's doping. Like the, like Sam's sort of got a whiff of some communication that's gone on between Rudy Von Berg Sr. And, and someone else in the world. That's like such 1% like of people who are talking about that and circulating it. And I wish Sam could have just taken a day or two and stepped back and gone, well, this is just like, you know, a handful of people who are really involved in this triathlon circle, but 99% of triathlon fans probably aren't thinking about it or talking about it. But by me putting it out on Instagram to my 100,000 followers certainly means that everyone's going to be talking about it. And, yeah, so I think a lot of the situation could have been um, – sort of prevented if Sam had have just taken a couple of days, chilled out, talked to his support network about it, you know, maybe had conversations behind the scenes and and then people probably wouldn't have cared and, and would move on. And 
yeah, I think the posting it, yeah, it just yeah, it it was probably the thing that that set everything off. And I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's right to accuse someone of doping, even if it is in private when you don't have proof and and that kind of thing. But like you said, Fred, that's been going on forever in this sport. Like how many rumors have you heard this this year alone or in the last two years about oh this athlete's doping or this athlete's doping it it happens all the time it doesn't mean they are yeah exactly let's move on to the next question jason major asks which short course athletes that could step up to long course after paris olympics are the scariest to the current group of long course pros Oh, I like this. Our our good friend Aaron Royal, he'd tell you straight away it's Martin Van Riel, which is uh, <laughs> he's so, so biased in that. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the topics on our message group that gets thrown around a lot. Me, Fred, and Aaron Royal have a message group, and Aaron's always telling me and Fred how Martin Van Riel, when he when he does decide to come across full time, he'll be unbeatable in the sport. And Fred always pushes back on it. It's actually pretty funny um, to sit back and read. Um, Martin Van Riel, he'll be good. Um, I think Leo Bergier will be good. I think Hayden Wild will be good. I think Dorian Connex will be good. Who do you think? Um, yeah, def- I, I mean, I also think Martin Van Riel will be really, really good. So, I, I mean, I share um, Aaron's, Aaron's uh, opinion there. Uh, I just like like to annoy him with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, Hayden Wild uh, just recently proved um, that it's definitely it's, it's going to be really interesting next year at... Um, 70 events, three worlds uh, already. Um, but I think even after that, because not every short course athletes will already qualify for, for Taupo because the cutoff is before the Paris Olympics. So I think the year after will be even more interesting. And I think there will be some um, short course athletes who are maybe not um, at the front, who I think will be racing for um, the top spots in, in 70.3. It's always like that, like uh, people who are just yeah more talented for 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 long course and um, we're just racing short course until now. And also other way around, there will be athletes where you would think they would smash the long course and then they yeah, that's just gonna have not not that results um that they had on short course. I think it's just oh yeah, almost two different two different sports. Um I mean the 70.3 distance is pretty close to to Olympic distance. Um so yeah, the, the long course that's going to separate it even more um but um yeah it's definitely going going to get faster and faster year by year but i want to say scary um is the is the wrong word for it like i'm definitely not scared uh, of of anyone uh, i mean i've big, big respect um like for everyone who who will uh, who will step up and i mean for every short course athlete and athlete in, in general um but yeah like in the end they're gonna have to everyone's still gonna have to prove it um out there in the in the race and um yeah i'm definitely not scared by that (laughs) i reckon there's some girls who could go in and do serious damage straight away as well like i think um i'm i'm a huge i'm i'm a like i'm huge on kate war could step up and be one of the best middle distance triathletes in the world i think she's someone who i look at as being you know, a name that maybe not everyone knows. If you're a fan of short course, you'll know she's one of the best in the world at short course. But I think she would be like really, really good over middle distance racing. Um, so I think Georgia Taylor Brown would step up really comfortably too. Um, if she worked on her position and spent some time on a time trial bike, I think she would, you know, she would transfer. Yeah, amazingly. Um, 
maybe Taylor Spivey as well. I've always felt like she sees herself as a short course athlete and she seems like it. But I've got a gut feeling that um, middle distance racing and PTO racing particularly, I I reckon it might suit her as well. Um, Let me ask you this, Fred. Alex Yee, how do you think he'll transfer? I think Alex, I think Alex, a lot of people first would say he wouldn't be as good on 70.3, maybe because he's like a, this yeah, slim uh, guy. I don't know how 60 kilograms or maybe maybe even, light, even lighter than that. Um, I mean, he probably would have to put on put on some weight if he wants to be competitive on 70.3. But uh, as far as I heard, he's really, really strong on the bike. Um, so same thing for him. If he would like uh, have a good position, um, train on a time trial bike, maybe maybe get a few uh, leg muscles there, a few more leg muscles there, then I think he could be really good as well. And he can probably run like a, a 105, uh, 106 uh, off the bike. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I hope he will, he will eventually try it. It'll be interesting. Next question. Uncle Dooley asks, if everyone in triathlon raced against each other in a 100-kilometer cycling time trial, who would win? Oh, that's a tough question because it's in the end that's like a it's like a two hours race if it's like a flat course 100k all out so i don't i don't even think um like the typical triathlon cyclist like magnus um Dittler, for example would actually win that one Oh. because I, I mean for for sure he um but i think someone would someone would be better like i i don't want to say i don't want to say me because i i also think i'm i'm better off like when i still have to run after it but i think it's magnus especially is also someone who just have to has this triathlon power dialed in and it's just, it just doesn't hurt him at all but uh that's difficult Probably Cam Worth would win it. <laughs> He'd have to be close, wouldn't we? And we have to do men's and women's, so we'll start with the men's. I like I think Sam Laidlow would still be pretty hard to beat. And, and it's obviously course dependent. Like we're we're picturing an out and back highway yeah, here, for sure. aren't we? But you throw some hills into it, it changes it again. I like I, I seriously think Sam Laidlow would be hard to beat. I think Magnus would be hard to beat, and I think Cam would be hard to beat. I think it's hard to it's hard to picture those three as not the favourites, and then, and and then another group, you know, of people like yourself and Sam Long would be, and Lionel Sanders would sort of be, be next in line, and um, Max Newman. But yeah, I, I see the big three favourites. We got to no, let, we're not sitting on the fence. That's part we talked about this off air. No sit for not, uh, Sam Laid though wins for me. <laughs> Cam Worth second, Magnus Dittley third. Okay, I say um, Magnus Magnus. Third, me second, Camber <laughs> first. <laughs> You're supposed to let the other people put you in. Um, no, come on, I need, I need, I need to, need to show off some of my, some of my confidence here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we talked about the people stepping up, you're like, I'm not scared of anyone, and now you've put yourself in the top three. <laughs> Welcome to the Fred Fun yeah, Show. Yeah, it's part, it's, it's part of the game. Like you know, you just need to, need to. Uh, Tell, tell it yourself and, and once you just uh, start to believe it. And then you want the PTO to hurry up and get their schedule just because of your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what about the women? Who, who? Let's do the same. I like the podium. The podium's fun. Who's your podium for the women? Well, Taylor Nip first. Um, Daniela Roof second. And Lucy Charles third. Yeah, Taylor Nib wins, doesn't she? Um, yeah, Taylor Nib definitely wins. That's what I know. I think Lucy Byram second, and then, oh yeah, and then True. between Daniela and Lucy Charles third, because we're not talking Daniela. No, Lucy Charles third. I think Daniela is just. A year ago, Daniela would have come first or second, but I think, or maybe two years ago, but no. Yep. So first, Taylor Nib, second, Lucy Byram, third, Lucy Charles Barclay. Would be fun to have like a um, PTO race like spread over the weekend where we do like everything as a time trial, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Fred, they can't even get the races announced. One step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. That would be awesome. Win Republic will be having a massive Black Friday sale. If you don't know who Win Republic are, they make the world's best tri suits as well as have a huge range of world class cycling and running kit. If you want to get in on their Black Friday deals, all you have to do is head to winrepublic.com or winrepublic.com.au if you're in Australia and join their mailing list. You'll then be sent an email when the sale goes live ahead of everyone who didn't join the list and get first access to their incredible Black Friday sale. Tri suits, cycling kit, and running apparel can be expensive, as we all know, when you're buying high quality stuff that lasts, is comfy, fits well, and is fast. And it really is worth it when it comes to how much you enjoy wearing it during training or how much faster it makes you on race day. So, this is a great opportunity to save some money when purchasing from Win Republic, who do make the world's highest quality tri suits and, in my opinion, the best ones I've ever worn. So make sure you head over to winrepublic.com or winrepublic.com.au, sign up and get ready to check out their deals once you get that email. Drummer Shannon asks, did you both like the split world championships and should it continue? Well, I think that's an easy answer, isn't it? Yeah, no, we didn't like that. I can answer for both yeah. of us there. I actually, <laughs> I liked Nice. I, I really, I, I honestly liked Nice. I loved Kona. Kona. Here's the thing. The women's race at Kona completely outshone the men's race at Nice. And is that just because it's at Kona? I don't know. Is it because the women's race was just more exciting? I don't know. I think both races were pretty similar. Maybe the women's one had a slightly deeper field, I believe. But I think Kona's special. I think we all still wish that that it was the men's and women's race at Kona. I think it would have been massive this year. Triathlon's never been bigger from the professional side. It's getting watched more than ever. I think, yeah, if we could have Kona with the men and women next year, if it was possible, I think that's what we all want, isn't it, Fred? Yeah, what, what I think it was good when they had um, it split on different days, but on the same location, for sure. Like, it, it needs to be on the same location. Um, but yeah, split on different days and give their, the, the woman their, their own day. Um, I think that's really good. Like, um, everyone is just way more hyped than for, for the women's race. And um, it's just getting... Yeah, the viewership uh, it, it deserves. Um, otherwise, I think it always like drowns in in, in the men's race uh, when it's when it's on the same day. Um, so I think that's good. But um, uh, yeah, definitely not split it uh, on on different locations. Um, and yeah, same for me. I really loved uh, loved Nice. Um, it's a world championship worthy uh, course and event. Um, and I was honestly surprised uh, what a hype Kona um, still had. Like I thought it, I thought it would be like 
yeah, don't want don't want to say want want to say boring, but I thought it would be like with without the man, like a bit like uh, under the under the radar. Um, but it was exactly the opposite. It was it was crazy, and I really love to um, fo- follow it as well. Yeah. So the women's race was bigger. It was watched by more people. There was more hype in the lead up. It was yeah. it was it was definitely bigger by every metric you measure it. And does that say the women are more popular than the men? Is it the Kona factor? It, did Iron Man put more like money and time into it? I don't know. Like whatever it is, it could be any of those. It could be all of those. I think one reason is also the the date. Um, I think September was just too early for the Ironman World Champs. Agreed. Like everyone was just so invested like in into their own season or into the other races happening happening around that so it kind of was like in the middle of middle of everything um and just having like always this weekend in october which is almost like the the last weekend for the whole season um it's just yeah, it's just way better couldn't agree more than having it like in september yeah doesn't have to stay in kona men and women together can be nice can be kona can be like nice showed that the course was amazing I was there. I loved it. I thought it was a great venue for the World Championships. Happy with it being anywhere. I'm not someone who's stuck to it having to be at Kona. Put it on the last weekend of October, something like that, every year, men and women, same location, share it around the world on, in epic locations. But, yeah, men and women together. Try coach Mark asks, have either of you heard anything from Colin Chartier recently? So... I unfollowed him on Instagram uh, right right after his um, his ban, and but I then I realized uh, like a few weeks later that I still follow him on Strava, and um, I saw on Strava that he did this um, this bike packing tour from like somewhere north of America to south of America, yeah something completely crazy. And I kind of got got invested in it. I always try to give him like uh, try to give him no kudos for it, but <laughs> I was still watching it, <laughs> like where he's actually going. <laughs> so, but but he stopped. He's, I think he stopped posting about it. I don't know if he stopped uh, that tour or if he's just not uploading anymore. I have no idea. But yeah, I've, I've, I'm not in any um, personal contact with him anymore. What about you? Yeah, no, you know this. I, I'm I'm friends with Colin. That's why he was on the podcast. Uh, I talked to Colin a fair bit. I, I don't know. I don't know if this says something about me. I, I, I didn't for a second hate Colin um, when, he, when he got caught for, for taking EPO. I, I, I didn't. I want to be honest about that. I, I didn't like that he did it. Um, I felt really bad for people that he'd raced against, including you. Um, yeah, and I, like I told him all of that stuff behind the scenes. Um, but he's my friend so it's sort of the same as you fred you know if you if it came out tomorrow that you were had tested positive for epo i'd still be your friend like i it's it's so it's a really hard position um i i couldn't yeah i don't know uh, yeah i'm not i'm not good at just going cold like that so i talked to colin all the time to be honest we talked quite a bit when he was doing that trip um you know he told me some story he told me some crazy stories like he uh there was a story where he sort of got held up with a machete. Um, but, yeah, right now, like, he's he's finished that trip. He's back in in Colorado, um, in maybe in Boulder. Not exactly sure where in Colorado, just, you know, settling in, living his life, planning what he's going to gonna, gonna be doing going forward. Um, it's almost a I, year ago. I think ago. You, you should get him back on the pot. Like, as long as he's not uh, going back to triathlon, 
Um, I think it's quite interesting what he's actually doing now, how he's coping with life. Do you you think like, because the Colin story is the biggest story of the year. You'd agree with that? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. Do, do you think I, we've never, we haven't talked about it. Um, we don't actually talk about triathlon at all. We just have life updates. Um, do you think I should ask him to come back on and do the last show of the year and just like, you know, almost a year on? Yeah, but not like, not talk about triathlon, like about this, this trip and, and like everything what happened after, like it, it would definitely be a pot I would be interested in. Yeah. You don't think people would be interested in, in like me going, and, and I haven't asked him this stuff off air either. Like I haven't, I, we haven't asked, I haven't asked him this stuff when I've been talking to him and just asking like, Hey, was, was everything when you came, when you got caught and, and everything you said, was that true or was there more to it? You know, can you, can you tell us more now that you've had eight months out of the sport? I mean, I mean, of course that's, that's an interesting part, but like he obviously doesn't, he already showed that he doesn't want to really talk about that. Doesn't want to give out any more information so um yeah and then in the end i think the podcast would just get into a completely different direction Mm, yeah yeah and but i would also like to ask him like hey it's almost been a year you're banned for two years are you getting that itch to come back are are you going to consider coming coming back to racing like i would like to know the answer to that yeah but uh, he he, if he says yes he will immediately get a lot of hate for it (laughs) Yeah, but if he's going to come back and he wants to come back, he's going to get hate whether he comes on a podcast or not, isn't he? Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Let's move on to the next question. Cat Matthews asks, will the French Olympic triathlon team perform at the Olympics, performing at the Olympics be better than their recent team photo shoot performance? Good question <laughs> by Cat, isn't it? Because the French um, Olympic triathlon team just did their, just posted on Instagram, um, their like team photo shoot for the the Paris Olympics and they did look good. They're a good looking team, all of them, the the girls and the guys. Like let, let's be honest, the French are attractive. They look good. Um, but then again, I think they're also on the men's and women's side, strong favorites to uh, at least claim a medal, if not win both events. So tough question by Kat. Um, I'm going to say that they're slightly, that their photo shoot's slightly better than their chances of winning gold at, at the Olympics because they did look good. And I'm trying to think, is there any other countries that look as good as that French team? I don't think so. Pretty pretty attractive bunch. Um, what do you think? I think even if they do um, get all six medals at the Olympic Games um, or seven medals with the mixed relay, they still have a better performance at the, at the photo shooting because uh, <laughs> it just, it's impossible to, to beat them there. It's, it's just... Uh, they're just French, it's in, in their nature. And also I really love I really love their um their national suit. It looks really good, I think. Yeah, yeah. Vincent Louis sort of he's taken gold for best looking bloke in triathlon for sure. Yeah, he he's he's a part-time model for sure. Everyone wants a piece <laughs> of Vincent Louis. <laughs> Clement J asks, who is the strongest athlete at the post race after parties? Tom Bishop. Yeah, Tom Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> I went to make a joke, Josh Amberger, because when we did the post US Open podcast, I talked about how like Josh Amberger got drunk the night before Ash Gentles race, which like might have been putting a little bit of mayo on th- on things. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh and Ash b- both brought that up a couple of times. So went to say Josh, but no, nah, it's Tom Bishop for sure, isn't it? 
I wish there were more athletes like Tom Bishop. Like, our professional triathletes uh, overall are quite boring, you have to say. Like, the after parties are getting worse and worse, and everybody is just more and more focused on their performance and not drinking, drinking any sip of alcohol, which is good, good for our sport, of course, but it's, it's just boring. <laughs> you got drunk after every single race you did this year, I think. Not drunk. Not, I, I mean, I was, was drinking something yeah, after every single race this year. That's true. You but actually, like you, I wouldn't say. You're not afraid to have a good go after a race. Like we're going to talk about all the selfies and amount of times you told me you loved me after your last race when you were drinking. <laughs> okay. There I was definitely drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've told me you love me sober too though. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's uh, three more questions to go, Fred. These ones are ones that I'll ask you all of them. Michael Pierce asks, has Fred turned his back on his stripping career altogether or has he left the door open? No, the door is left open, of course. I've got, uh, I've got still all my, all my contacts in the, in the business. And um, yeah, I'm kind of still, I'm like running the business a bit from the sidelines now. Um, like I'm organizing a lot of, a lot of um, stripping parties and everything like that. So... <laughs> Yeah, eventually when like have a tough time in triathlon, I um, I might come back. So yeah, no worries. <laughs> Jan Stratman asks, "What is Fred's OnlyFans account username?" <laughs> um, it's um Ma- Magic Fred XXX. That's a good throwback. A lot of people won't won't get that. That's a good joke. Um, Jace Bland asks, Fred. <laughs> it's another one of these questions. <laughs> you you check. I, I chose not to say to the to the, to the listeners. Like Jack was telling to me before that before we started recording. Like yeah, we're gonna answer all the questions like completely serious and everything. It's gonna be a serious podcast. Like no bullshitting around. You know. No, no, you're ask, asking me all these questions. <laughs> Just one more. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> Jace Bland asks, Fred, <laughs> have you still been taking poolside photos of your legs tensed? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I've, I've, they're, they're all on my OnlyFans. Oh. So if anyone anyone's interested in that, it was, that was the one I posted on Instagram. It was like a sneak peek. Oh, that was so funny. Uh, <laughs> with, what were you thinking, Fred, when you were posting that? Like you had your calves and your quads as tensed as you could have them. Like they were popping. And then you just post some – you put it on your story. We both know that you're in your speedo and you're thinking, my legs look good here. And you posted some random words that I don't even remember what they were, either to you. It wasn't about – it wasn't about that. You just wanted to people to see your legs. Yeah, 100%. No, honestly, I was just like, <laughs> I was thinking nothing. But as soon as I posted up the story, like a minute later, I realized, oh, fuck, that's, that's too much skin and Jack is going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is going to uh, annoy me with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I put up a poll and said, was Fred, did Fred post this so that people could see his legs tensed or... Or because of whatever it was you said, and like ninety three percent of people, or something like that, were, were yeah, just thought it was because you wanted everyone to see your tense legs. They look good though, mate. You got good legs. 
Can't deny that. Yeah, thanks. They're they're good for cycling. <laughs> yeah, second best. Second and, best over hundred k. And of course, good. And of course, good for my stripper career. They always give me a lot of tips. Oh, Fred, that was fun. There was like seriously, there was hundreds of questions sent in, so it was actually really hard to pick um, ten or so questions. Um, and if we do it again, we could reuse lots of them because there is lots of them. Um, good fun, mate. Good to good to talk about what's happening in the triathlon world at the moment. Um, What's next for you? What's what's going on the next couple of weeks or the next week or so? Yeah, so getting ready for next season officially starts uh, on on Monday um, with a fresh training plan. And um, yeah, my coach Dan and me we we've got some good plans uh, in terms of training. And yeah, then the PTO series next next year. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward. For now, I'm just looking forward to just smash it over the winter. Nice, nice. Awesome, mate. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. You'll probably be heading back to bed now and, and get another couple of hours <laughs> sleep <laughs> uh, before laying by the pool all day. But yeah, it was good, good to catch up. Let's uh It's winter it here, mate. It's like three degrees uh, Celsius outside. So I don't think I'm gonna lay lay next to the pool. <laughs> right. Cuddled up in bed all day. Yeah. Rather nice. that. Um so actually, one last question. Um no, actually, I'll save it for the next one. I'll save it for the next one. It's a good one. <laughs> Cliffhanger for the for the listeners. <laughs> see you, mate. Yeah, see you. Thanks for having me. If you haven't been to the Feeds website yet, it's time you went and checked it out. It's your one-stop shop for all things triathlon nutrition. The Feed basically have all of the world's best training and race day nutrition products in one place, so you don't have to do multiple orders from multiple websites and pay shipping on all of them. Or you don't have to go to the effort of driving around to different shops to get different products. You can just head to the Feeds website and it's all there in one place for you. So like I said, if you haven't gone and checked it out, you should go and do that right now. You'll see for yourself how easy it makes buying all of your training and racing nutrition. It's also a really good way to look at nutritional products you never knew existed and try them out by chucking them on top of your order and seeing if they might work for you. Thefeed.com. It really is your number one resource for all things triathlon nutrition.